When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. You now find me in the village of Sevenhall, where, high in the foothills of the southern spur of the mighty Fedorin Wange, the village of Sevenhall stands as one of the furthest outlying human settlements in all of the south western corner of the kingdom. Surrounding the village are seven towering pinnacles of stone from which Seven Horn long ago took its name. Local legend says the jagged and pointed obelisks, the teeth of an ancient dragon that was petrified on this very spot while battling a master wizard in the shadows of some elder age. Through a small and largely isolated community, the people of Seven Horn are friendly and always eager to receive visitors who bear news from the wild realms. Now, like all the best heroes, I'll start by visiting a tavern. His red god himself will greet you jovially as you step into the common room of the inn, tavern that proudly bears his name. The bald, bearded man, though sizable midsection, hides behind a grimy apron welcomes you and asks if there's anything he can provide for you. A surprisingly large number of patrons mill about the common room, most huddling before the warm glow animating from the fireplace. Suddenly, before you can respond to Redgold's inquiry, commotion erupts from the crowd standing just in front of you. A drunken man staggers out of the gathered patrons and stumbles into you. The brash young man curses you and threatens to thrash you soundly if you ever dare get in his way again. So I can pay him no mind, demand an apology, or teach him a lesson. With fists! I'm just going to pay him no mind. I mean, he's just drunk. <laughs> we don't know what he's like when he's sober. A real coward we have here, laughs the drunken man, stabbing at your finger with a thick f with his thick finger. Then, much to your surprise, he reaches out. He reaches out and softly taps the side of your face with his open hand, a direct and biting insult. An unseen murmur passes through the crowd as the two of you step back. Okay, okay, now... Okay, so I can now demand an apology. 
teach the drunken bully a lesson, or turn and walk away. Okay, okay, you, you, you've impinged my honour now. And this was a choice of just stumbling. Demand an apology. I offer, only, I offer only my humblest apologies, slurs the drunken man. Who would ever want to do anything to offend a man of your good bearing? The man turns and appears ready to walk away. Well, suddenly, he spins round and savagely swipes at you with a stout wooden cudgel. Does he know who I am? I don't think he does, because if he knew who I was, he wouldn't try this. He wouldn't try this at all. Pick a number. Bonus of 20 from agility. Got to get 50 or more to dodge the cludgel. Pick. Success with 118. You nimbly duck the savage swipe. And strike the man on the side of his head, sending him staggering backwards. Immediately, three cudgel-wielding men, who bear uncanny Fimbulan's physical resemblance to your wheeling foe, burst out of the crowd of patrons and angrily confront you. Ought not to cross a stranger, rumbles the foremost of the men. Before you can respond, the sneering trio rushes at you. Swiping out wildly with their cudgels. It's three cudgel-wielding men. Right, I'm entering combat. I'm just going to subdue them. Because... Because you don't want corpses in your bar. It ruins the taste of the drink. Yes, it does. The men swipe at you with their wooden cudgels. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke on you. Oh, and the men, they keep swiping, and they keep swiping. But I keep fighting with my mace. Yes, blunt weapons all round. Woohoo! You have subdued your foe. 25 XP. The last of the three men staggers out of your wage. He groups with his two cohorts. Together. Drunken man who initially confronted you. They limp out of the tavern with what's left of their humble prize. The cheer goes up from their gavel patrons. And you find yourself showered with praise. And met with more shoulder crosses than you can count. As the din dies down and the crowd disperses. The tavern keep comes up and offers you a, a frothing mug of the house brew. Would you eagerly accept? Real bad lot there, says Wegolf, shaking his head. You are right. Those were the cheery Markwell brothers. You'll have to search far and wide to find a fouler bunch than that. You do yourself a favour by keeping clear of them from now on. Nothing good will come from getting tangled up with them. You learn that the four brothers had long been an unpleasant fixture in Sevenhorn together with their fa father, Curthis Markwell, a wealthy fur trader. They live in a stockaded camp north of town. No one dares go up that way, says Wedgolch. Curthis is reasonable enough, I suppose, but his sons are a dangerous lot. 
The old man does little to wane in their antics. They've torn up this womb and drunken fits more times than I care to remember. The goat tells you that while the locals despise and fear the brothers, there are many who appreciate the generosity that old man Curtis displays from time to time. He outfitted our militia and bought work courses for all the farms, he says. That sort of deed will earn you, earn you a few loyal friends in these parts. Red Goat, as you sit in a chair next to the fire, provides you with a frothing mug of ale. Hope you won't think ill of our little den after that unpleasant business, he says apologetically. You're welcome here any time, my friend. You speak at length with the Red, red Goat, and he fills you in on some of the recent happenings in and around Sevenfold which thankfully don't involve the Mark Will clan. As you make ready to leave the tavern, he gives you a final parting bit of advice. You mark my words now, he says in a cautionary tone. Stay away from the Mark Wills. You bid him farewell and make your way out of the tavern. 32 experienced to general. Okay. Yeah, uh, yep, nope, nothing more happens if I visit the tavern again. I'll just rest from the three or four damage I actually took. Now, the main event, adventures for this location. The Killing Hand of Winter. Cruel winter grips the North Broadlands. No more harsh, yet no less cruel than any in recent memory. From the remote mountain town of Skybend. Their wives a desperate plea for help, clutched in the talons of a trusted courier. Start the adventure. The deep chill of midwinter afternoon finds you relaxing in front of the warring fire, the common room of Red Goat's Inn and Tavern. Red stirs in a chair directly across from you. Telling you tales of the adventures he has a boy in the woods around, around the village. Your eyes are beginning to droop. The confined effect of the dryness of Red's long winged accounts and the intense heat from the fire. When the tavern door bursts open and a man clad in furs with a wild black mane of hair spilling off his head spurns in. Oh, here we are now, found Red. Even the Markwell boys don't tangle with him. That's old Quith. Quith the Wanderer, thinks Smalls. Some of the folk call him. A woodsman, if you follow me. But a real wild sort. Don't think he's ever taken to civilization, mind you. The man who Red identified as Quith turns to face you and greets you with a friendly wave. Are you Zoop? he asks. Red Gold suddenly turns to Quiff and snaps at him in an angry tone. If you come in to at last purchase ale, it's just to steal more wool from my fire, he barks. I haven't the need for anyone not willing to now and then part with a piece of gold. The, the, the wild-haired woodsman seems to pay Wed no mind and walks up until he's standing before you. Might have with a work with you out of Might have a work with you out of this place, Supias, looking you directly in the eye. Red sighs heavily and turns away from Quiff in apparent disgust. 
When you tire of this place and its company, said Quiff, casting a sideways glance at Wed, you shall find me outside. It's a matter of urgency. Quiff turn, turns and strides out of the tavern. You do best to forget all that just happened, scoffs Wed. Alright, divination. What could that, what does that say? ASB. You've sensed Quiff as well as Henders. Though he has a strong dislike like for Redgold, and many with whom he crossed Crass and Sevenor, you are certain he means you no harm or will. Follow after him. You follow Quiff outside and find him leaning up against a hitching post to the white of the tavern's front door. Not an overly friendly place, is it? He laughs, a pot rolling his eyes in the direction of Redgold's assashment. Apologise for our abrupt introduction. I heard words that you heard word you in this village. I could think of no one better to present this to. Of a favour I'd very much uh, very, I'd like very much to ask of you, but only after you've had a look at this. The woodsman hands you a small, thin scroll case, from one end of which extends a furled scrap of paper. You unfurl a small scrap of paper clutched into the scroll case and breathe from the dark script that vanishes eloquently across, across its surface. Frostheart and Skybend. Need light, logro root, snowbound. We are dying. The sickness grows by the day. You place the, you place the paper back into the scroll base and hand, and hand it back to Quiff. Okay, there's a couple of links. What is Frostheart? The deadly affliction known as Frostheart is something that seems to only affect those who spend prolonged periods in extremely cold climates. Frostheart begins as a mild cough and normally results in a horrid and painful death within a couple of weeks. An icy chill in one's chest is a common symptom for anyone affected with this ailment, which gave rise to its name. Alright, and what is Ligra root? This small black root of the Ligra plant is the only known cure for frost heart. Well, at least there is a cure. <laughs> you place the, place the paper back into the scroll case and hand it, hand it back to Quiff. Cliff tells you that the note was delivered by its trusted horse, Lewiper, who commonly carries messages to and from the remote high, remote outlying settlements high in the Fudwing foothills. Lewiper returned yesterday afternoon with that unpleasant bit clenched in his talons, says Cliff. The message was scrawled two days ago, at the very latest. I've since sent her back to Skybend with word that I shall... Shortly follow her with enough frot like root to cure all frost heart, all the frost heart in these hills. I've no doubt they eagerly await my arrival. Quiff tells you that the, the frost heart that's, that ravages Skybend would likely spread if not cured, and will certainly kill everyone in the village if they remain snowbound and unable. And Nabel cannot act cannot effectively separate themselves from the afflicted. 
The frost heart gets its claws into them, and the killing hand of winter seals their doom, says Quith ominously. Trap, trapping in a festering, trap, trapping in a festering den of sickness by snow, seems a rather unpleasant sort of end. Quith shows you a leather satchel containing a large amount of light, like wood. He asks for your help in getting this the skybend. I know of you, Zoop, says Quith. I know, know that amongst your many talents, you also possess the power of a healer. I have like a whoop enough to save them, but having a healer on hand would certainly serve to lighten the burden. Quith pauses and eyes you carefully. Any journey in the wild is made more perilous when one goes it alone, he says, but I should at least reveal to you the most pressing reason I seek your companion. Seek your companionship on this trek. Quith raises his white sleeve and reveals a deep red gash that runs almost the entire length of the limb. A wound appears to have healed poorly. Can I fix that with restoration? No. <laughs> After several moments, he lowers his sleeve. A tree stinger sliced my arm wide open with his tail about six months ago and he tells you happens in the mountains just south of here i've had very little use of the arm since then and i doubt i will again quiff tells you that since he can no longer effectively wield his axe fears that he might fall prey to any number of dangers in the wild on the somewhat perilous trek to skybend of course he says i you care closely with you along for the journey, your peril would be that much less. For what I've heard, heard tell, you're, you're more than just fair in a fight, Zoop. What if you to say to it? Will you come with me to Skybend? I can give you only the promised adventure. Though I hope for an uneventful sort of journey myself. With or without you, I must go. Without this route, the ailing in Skybend will certainly perish by the week's end. Accept the task. Quiff smiles and meets you in a somewhat awkward shoulder cross using his left arm. Then we leave at first light tomorrow, he says. I've got, got to make the most of the daylight afforded to us by this bleak season. It's a hard day's journey, if we're lucky. I pray that we don't have to spend the night hurled up somewhere in the frozen wild. You agree to meet Quiff at dawn the next day at the tallest of the stone obelisks outside the village. Here. Take this and eat it, says Quith, handing a small piece of live wood. The wood will see to it you do not acquire the dreaded frost heart and skybend. You accept the wood and promptly devour it. Get some west soup, he calls after you as you turn and make your way back into the inn. You're going to need all your strength for what lies ahead. The first light of dawn. As the frigid early morning wind seeps through Sepron, you meet Quith as agreed at the tallest of the stone obelisks just outside the village. The wild-haired woodsman greets you with a laugh and a slap on the shoulder. To Skybend, then, he cries, setting off at once along a worn track that leads, him wet, leads west into the higher hills. You move along behind it, praying that the journey will be swift and safe. 
you arrive in time to prevent a tragedy in the remote mountain village. Less than less than an hour after leaving Stevenhorn, the track you've been following runs out, and the two of you start off across the snowy highlands towards the higher foothills of the Fedwin Range. Croth has outfitted you with a pair of snowshoes for the journey. Tells you there will be deep snow with to contend with on the higher elevations. He's quick to point out he made the snowshoes himself. For only two hours, you move across the high meadows and through thick belts of fir trees without interruption, till at last you reach the lip of a broad vale. Corif halts at the edge of the narrow track, leading down into the vale, and carefully scours the snowy landscape far below. We can head through the vale, we'll move on, move on and, and cross the high block. The vale is wolf country, but it is the most direct route. Crossing the frozen bog is a more roundabout venture, but I've never seen a wolf on it. I can tell you that with certainty. What shall it be, Zoop? The very last thing we need on this endeavour is wild old quiff making old decisions. Take the direct route through the vale. All the less direct through across the high bog. Through the vale! With Quiff leading the way, the two of you head into the vale, alert for any sign of the infamous winter wolves that are known to prowl its wooded snows. A little over a mile into the trek, you happen upon the site of a recent kill, where the large skeletal remains of a, of, of a large deer lie at the edge of the forest. Curiously enough, not far from the veins of deer, you spot a dart object lying atop the snow. You move over to examine the item and discover it's a small leather pouch. Much to your surprise, the pouch contains 25 gold tokens and two adventurer tokens. No doubt someone whose luck ran out near this very spot, remarks Quith, referring to the pouch you discovered. Certainly not a good idea to suddenly a series of howls break out to your right, sending a chill the length of your spine. You spin your head in a direction of haunting calls, and much to dismay, spot a large pack of winter walls moving swiftly down the wooded smoke slope in your direction. You count a dozen of the savage predators. The hunt has found us. I recommend we keep moving and try to keep ahead of them. I've done th- I've done it before. So I could heed Quiff's advice and try to move away from them. Or hold your ground and make a stand against the walls. Hmm. I'm good at fighting, so I'll hold my ground and make a stand. You assume a defensive stance and tell Quiff to stay at a to stay behind you as you prepare to engage the large pack of wolves now swiftly closing in on you. The savage howls of the vicious canines fill the frigid air. So, I could just engage them. I could use illusion, elementalism or archery. I'll try illusion. Succeeding. The masterful illusion of a wounded deer, 50 yards behind you, quickly attracts the attention of every wolf in the back. The savage creatures tear off through the snow towards their 
hopeless prey, giving you and Quiff ample time to escape. Remarkable, cries Sith, moving up and slapping you on the shoulder. I would never have expected that. I've got you have got quite a few more few more surprises in in store for me, Soup. Remarkable. As you hurry along along through the Vale, the two of you keep a watchful eye out. Any more roving packs of winter wolves. The range of your trek through the snowy vale proceeds without incidents. Both you and Quiff are relieved when, after a short climb up a boulder-strewn slope, you at last leave the prowling grounds of the winter walls behind. Past the vale, you and Quiff Quiff transverse a high meadow divided by a swift, frigid stream. After stepping over the stream and arriving at the western edge of the meadow, Quiff tells you there are two options from this point. We can cut through the evergreen wood, he says, pointing to the southwest, where you can barely make out a dark green line at the base of the next tier of foothills, or we can try our luck in the stony hills to the north and west. When you ask Quiff which route he suggests, he thinks for a moment, then shrugs his shoulders. Neither choice would save as much time, I'm afraid. It was either climbing over the, the back of the hills or pushing through some fairly dense forest. What do you think, Soup? So, evergreen forest or the stony hills? I'll... Tr- now, this... This is... Uh, Actually, a pretty big choice because if it goes to the Stony Hells, Hells, there's a choice there to whether or not to kill an ogre that's who's not harming anyone. If you do kill him, you get eight eight eighty, but it will be remembered, and 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 Quiff doesn't Quiff doesn't really approve of it either. So I don't, I don't really want to deal with those choices, but if you do, you, get, you also get get some good armor if you kill the ogre. It's a hand of fate choice. So at some point, there may be there may be something that's unlocked by keeping that ogre alive, or you could just head through the evergreen forest. And I think, uh, I think that's what I'll do. I'll head through the evergreen forest. Not far inside the edge of the evergreen forest, come upon the ingrains of a recent encampment. A large heap of ashes inside a wing of stone still smoulders, leaving you and Quiff to believe that whoever abandoned this camp did so no more than a couple of hours ago. The snow is sparse here leaving beneath the overhanging evergreen brows. But you hear near the wing of st- but near the wing of stones you discover several sets of tracks which Quiff identifies as mountain goblin plinths. Just our lock, isn't it, he sighs. Well, I'll leave it up to you. As you're the one you'll be the one to have a go creatures and be one up against them. We can cut back and head through the hills if you like. So, if I go through those hills, okay, go through the hills, uh, to just make a decision, 
Or I could go, continue through the forest and fight some goblins. Making a decision? I do not like making decisions, so through the forest. Less than a mile from the remains of the goblin camps, Quiff's sudden cry of alarm is the first and only warning you have of impending goblin ambush. You order Quiff to get behind you as nearly two dozen mountain goblins spill out from the undergrowth on all sides and swiftly surround you. The cruel humanoids shriek and snarl as they cautiously close in, their weapons poised to strike. Realising that flight is not an option, you boldly assume a defensive stance and prepare to engage your savage foes. Two of the larger goblins leap ahead of the others, squeaking wildly as they launch a frenzied attack. It's two mountain goblin warriors. They attack me viciously, but are slain. 5xp. The two mountain goblin warriors lie dead at your feet. You're about to start towards the west of the wicked creatures, hoping to scare them into flight, when suddenly a group of four, four sling-wielding goblins step into the open and promptly unleash a volley of heavy stones at you. So I can dodge, falsification, or shadow magic. Shadow magic. Oh, I failed. Shadows! Ah, oh, those shadows... Several of the hurled stones hit their mark, striking you hard and sending you sprawling to the ground. Wounded, 15 damage. Wounded, but still alive. You stagger to your feet, only to discover the goblin attack is far from over. Two mountain goblins suddenly charge out of the undergrowth on your right and attack. It's two mountain goblins. And they're not going to last very long. Yes, they are now slain. 4xp, a low mountain goblin, leaps over the pile of carnage before you and attacks. It's another mountain goblin. The mountain goblin attacks you viciously. And is slain. Two more mountain goblins rush forward and attack. Mountain goblins attack you viciously, but are still slain. The remaining goblins flee into the forest, having no desire to confront the human who has, with relative ease, put down a large number of their kin. Don't think I can name anyone else I'd rather have at my side in a pinch, grins Quiff, striding up and looking over the corpses of the goblins that now litter the ground at your feet. Amongst the remains of the slain goblins, you discover a small cloth pouch, which to your surprise contains two adventurer tokens. Yay! Quiff again commends you on your combat prowess, and after taking a few minutes to west, the two of you press on through the woods. The trek through the remainder of the evergreen forest proceeds without incident, but takes considerably longer than Quiff had anticipated. Just when you feel as if the forest will never come to an end, the trees abruptly give way and you find yourself at the edge of the gentle rolling slopes that run up to meet the feet of the mountains that tower majestically over them. Quiff seems to know those hills well and, and together you cover a broad expanse of terrain leads up and into the lower portion of the Fedwins. 
What, what are the Federines anyway? The Fe the Feldurin range. This large chain of mountains runs from the realm of Naldemar in the north to the, to the Zarin forest in the south. The southern portion of the range includes the arm of Meltar, which features several towering peaks. Well, link for arm of Meltar, let's read that. The southern spur of, of the Fadwin range is home to three of Swift's tallest peaks. Mount Meltor, Mount Meath, and Mount Meriel. These towering, treacherous peaks have foiled many who have attempted to cross them, and have invoked, invoked a popular saying amongst the people of the North Broadlands. That's the arm of Meltor, which can signify something which is difficult or impossible. Yes. In the thick of an evergreen forest at the foot of the mountains, happen upon a series of small, overgrown trails that ultimately lead to a broad track that climbs high into the mountains. And here we are, says Chris smiling. This Chris smiling. Chris smiling. This one will take us to Sky, Sky Ben. Yeah, and, and then, of course, take us back down again. Can't quite recall how far we are from this point. Well, Wager will be there before dark. Quith pauses and looks up at the cloudiest sky above the tops of the towering spruces and hemlocks. We best not tarry, he says. The sky speaks of snow, and in these parts the snow carries with it the worst of storms. Right then, off we are. Within an hour of Quith's observance, the temperature perceptibly drops and a howling storm sets in. The waging winds that accompanies the storm stirs the new fallen snow back into the air, creating blizzard-like conditions. The storm progressively worsens, making you so you can barely see more than a few feet in any direction. Quick begins to fear the two of you have strayed off from the trail, tells you to stay put while he goes off in search of it. Only after he's out of his sight do you realise the danger is separating. With the whipping wind, with the wind wiping clear the tracks of his snowsuits almost as soon as been laid down, you know, if little hope but to wait patiently, wait for his return. When nearly an hour passes with no service sign of quiff, realise you must immediately strike out, attempt to find shelter, or you will surely not survive the night. Now swiftly approaching. Pick a number. Bonus of 77. 37 from woodmanship, 10 from luck, 10 from mind, 10 from body, and 10 from spirit. Pick now. 103. The killing hand of winter. Quiff's chilling words haunt your thoughts, but on this night, you have got the best, gotten the best of the elements. In a hollow you carved out of the snow, and covered with, with evergreen boughs, you manage to stave off the deadliest of the night's chill. And it sweeps down, down from above on the back of the storm's driving winds. Miraculously, you manage to survive the final ordeal, and by early morning, the storm has ended. Your initial relief at having survived the storm is quickly tempered by the realisation I've not seen any sign of Quiff since the night before. 
Oh no. What could it mean? We search for a considerable distance on either side of the trail, but find no sign of your missing companion. Feel deeply saddened, fearing they may, may have indeed succumbed to the storm, or worse. This decide the only course of action is to press on at once for side bend. To checking over your equipment, you once again set out to a remote village, praying that if Criff is indeed alive, that, that he will find his way safely there. It's nearly midday when the track you're following suddenly cuts across a wide, steep slope of ice and stone, broken at irregular intervals by small clumps of tall evergreens. You've made it nearly halfway across this treacherous portion of the trail, when suddenly a distant rumble reaches your ears. Turning your head to the left and gazing towards the top of the wise, your half-eyed discover a wall of snow, stone and ice thundering down the slope before you. Your mind races as the deadly avalanche bears down on you. I should just attempt to attempt to just get out of the way. Gating. Use gating, elementalism, telekinesis, woodmanship, or fortification. Mm, telekinesis. Succeeded. 16 XP to teleponesis. Calling upon your power, telekinesis. You focus it on the icy ground your feet and manage to levitate yourself several feet into the air, just high enough to avoid the surging wall of snow and ice that most certainly would have spelled your doom. <laughs> yeah, as I noted before, I could technically fly, but I'm not going to risk it because if I run out of NV, or if I, or if I fail a check, and it won't be like, and that's not very, and that's not very nice for anyone involved, especially me. <laughs> Thankful to have survived the avalanche, you step gingerly across the now motionless track of the snowside, and once again pick up the trail that you hope will lead you to Skybend. You've trekked along for only a few minutes, when three thin trails of smoke suddenly rise into view above the towering evergreens that surround you. This is your first glimpse of the remote village. The wrath, the wrath of the, fro of the frost heart and the stricken Skybend is evident everywhere in the small village. The streets are deserted, and smoke pours out of only a few of the many chimneys that jut up to the rooftops of the wood and stone buildings that make up the centre of the mountain settlement. Hmm. Hmm. Thing is, thing is, you, you can actually actually have a fire and not have a chimney if you've got a wooden or thatched roof. Because the smoke can just weave its way through. <laughs> Chim chimneys can cause problems. <laughs> like they can explode or they could fall down. <laughs> it 
It is one of the few buildings in which the fire burns, a unique projector of Redwin, the, the grey-haired man who has long served as the head of the village. It's against all odds that anyone received our message, he says excitedly, meeting you in his shoulder cross. The hawk returned here, so we knew there was hope. And we did not delude ourselves into thinking that even Chris could arrive here in time. The toll has been great. Only a handful have perished. But almost three dozen are nearing their deaths. We must tend to the young children first. They will not last much longer. We explained to Fedrin that you and Chris had been separated in last night's storm, and he was carrying all the library wood. At first, Fedrin's face drops. When you feel to him you possess feeling powers, he smiles. When you learn that when he, he learns that you've already consumed some of the Ligro wood as a precaution, Fedrin suggests you pay a visit to the prayer hall where the sick are being kept. Projector Fredrin leads you to the prayer hall, where the sick are being kept at rest, and immediately set to work using your power of restoration to tend to the ailing. The illness that has ravaged these villages melts away before the healing power of your touch, and almost immediately those previously stricken with frost heart regain much of their strength and vitality. 1,024 experience to restoration. Woohoo! Also, these people are living. Also, woohoo! Those who have healed hail you as a saviour and throw themselves at you in emotional outbursts of gratitude as you finish up the arduous task of ridding Skybend of the deadly ailment that nearly brought about its ruin. When the last fielder has been healed, you turn to make your way out of the prayer hall, only to walk straight into Quirith as he steps into the low stone building. The wide-haired woodsman laughs heartily and slaps you on the shoulder. Quirith grins, apparently amused by your startled expression, and tells you he arrived in Skybend following your tracks. You don't think it's the first mountain storm I've met in these hills, do you? He laughs. I, I picked up your trail this morning and followed here, even through the ice age, which by the looks of it came close to claiming you. Delighted am I to discover, it did, discover that it did not. When Quirth discovers that you'd already tended to the ending with your powers of restoration, he's quite impressed. Fine showing at that, soup, says Quirth, in praise of your powers of restoration. I never would have believed you could crawl. Cure frost heart without liger wound if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. Well done. At last, your work in Skybend draws to a close. And the villagers who were stricken with frost heart are now rapidly on the mend. And those who have not yet contracted the sickness have taken measures with the like with the liger wound the quiff has brought to ensure they will not. Fidwin, the village protector, asks what can be done in exchange for help. Yep. But both you and Quiff are, qu are quick to politely refuse him. You and Quiff spend the night stretched out beneath paths of sleeping furs before the hearth in Fedwin's small stone house. Before drifting off to sleep, you both agree to set out at dawn tomorrow in hopes of returning to Stevenhorn before dusk. You and Chris set out from Skybend at dawn's first light, eager to make a speedy 
and hopefully uneventful return to Sevenhall. Quiff left behind the remainder of the LIGO which he's brought, saying that there should be enough to see them through to the spring, though he doubts they, doubts they are likely to have further need of it. As you start down the steep, rugged track leading away from the sky bend, your thoughts turn to the far, fireside at Greg Galt's tavern, which is a sight this frigid wilderness has left you longing for. Return journey to Sevenhorn proves largely uneventful, though your wits and endurance are put to the test when you and Quiff narrowly evade a large pack of winter wolves not far outside Skybend. At long last, you find yourself standing, standing out of one, a, standing out, out one of the towering stone. Obelisks just outside out of Sevenhorn, bidding farewell to a man you've come to know as a loyal companion and trusted friend. I've not many friends in this world, says Quiff matter of factly, yet I'm proud to say I would count you among the, f- the few who have anything to do with these who can't possibly thank you enough for your help. So I think somehow we've already received thanks enough already. You well, travel. Well, your travels take you now where they may," says Quiff, turning to face the north. "My own path leads me next to Old Hatch, a small village not far up that way. I have an understanding with one of the farmers there, who lets me stay in his barn when I pass through." You ask Quiff where we'll go after Old Hatch, and he laughs. "Not rightly sure of that myself," he says. "I'll probably wander up north a ways." Skirting the foothills and maybe m- make my way up towards Arak or Dorthorton. There's always call for a woodsman in some measure or another, especially with the onset of winter. Do take care of yourself, Soup. I'll look for you now, now and then while I'm while I'm back this way. Quith meets you in the shoulder cross, then promptly turns and departs, moving off into the, into the hill into the hills north of the village. As he leaves, your eyes are drawn momentarily starkwards, where far above, a dot, a small dark dot, circles against the pale grey scene of clouds. You watch for some time as the fur-clad woodsman angles through the snow, snow on his snowshoes, for at last he passes back, passes over the back of the low wise, the low wise, and is lost from sight. In some ways, you find yourself envious of Quiff. Despite the eccentricity that others seem to perceive in him, you marvel at his unflappable spirit and his kindly, gentle nature. Even in the face of the hardships that the life in the wild must continuously conjure up, suddenly the thought strikes you. Quiff are perhaps, in many ways, more alike than not. As late afternoon swiftly begins to fade to dusk, you make your way back to the centre of Stevenhorn and head straight for Red Galt's Inn and Tavern, with a wall for the fire and a frothing taggart of the house's finest ale await you. 1,024 experience to general, 128 experience to all skills and powers, and that finishes this adventure. I'll just west. There's a new adventure. The Ring of Black Stones. 
the unexpected appearance of a familiar face in the village of Sevenhall draws you into a perilous but necessary undertaking. But that will be for next time. Until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.